1: Great to have you on Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented
2: by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. I enjoy uh, getting uh, choices A or B as the wife is furniture shopping. A hell of a lot or kind of a hell of a lot. So uh, let's limp through Friday together. Numbers to get in. 466-3776. 466-3776. 825 mm-hmm. 825- Five eight six five numbers to get in. Can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal, and email Chris at HailVarsity The Good Doctor Derek Peterson going to be with us in about fifteen minutes. We have some thoughts on. Uh The NCAA from the NCAA, we have voices from Big Ten parents. Bill Bender, sporting news, college football man, going to be with us in an hour. Vince Powers from Powers Law, Vince Powers and Associates. Vince will be back with us. I want his take on the letter that was crafted and sent uh, from a law firm in Norfolk last night that has several Husker players, including the McCaffrey's, on it, demanding transparency, demanding uh the, the the minutes, the notes, the audio, stuff you and I've been screaming for the last couple of days, Elijah, uh, from the Big Ten during their council and chancellor and president's sit-down that happened last Saturday. Give me the info. Tell me who said new. No. All right. I'm You're gonna change things and gonna help, but you can point your venom at other people, I guess, in in the covid year uh so yeah we'll hear from Vince powers what what's going to come of this letter and deadline of august 24th to have all of the audio all of the the notes from the chancellors and presidents meeting demanded by the nebraska parents good for the nebraska parents continuing to put pressure on the big 10 to sound off and step up you have the numbers to get in it's okay to high-five, still do it via the air, the COVID dial, in Lincoln has moved the correct direction back to moderate. Notre Dame is still worth watching, and uh, if you're going to Tuscaloosa, wear a hazmat outfit. That is pretty much evident today. Elijah, what's up? How's your week?
0: Uh, not too bad. Uh, you are talking about the COVID dial, Then we are still about a week from seeing if there's anything from the U- University of Nebraska, anything from campus, but... For now, encouraging stuff. If you're a betting man and maybe you've been invited,
2: I don't know. Maybe you're partying this weekend, I don't know. But how how crazy is it going to get in Lincoln this first weekend? I know you guys have been all online all week, but it gets real for in-person classes on Monday.
0: Uh, I think this week may have been more crazy than what this weekend's going to be. Ah, uh, uh, we'll see. I, I think there are enough people out there that are kind of reasonable, saying I'll avoid the weekend. I'll just go out during the weekdays. Okay, uh, which pacing is, oneself is sort of reasonable, I guess. When sure, you, when you think about it. But uh, not quite sure. I know the Champions League finals on Sunday, so I'm going to try to find somewhere to watch that. We'll see if I can find somewhere socially distanced. Well, opening down in the uh, down in the rail yard.
2: Well, and I mean, I, I just call our friend. Uh... Katie Martin up and and, uh, give old Gorman a shot and just say, hey, uh, put it on the cube. Yeah, that's what I'm I'm hoping for. That's what I'm crossing my fingers for then I can sit outside. Yeah, you could sit on one of the picnic tables and kind of, I don't know, get some yellow tape.
0: Socially distance or Tape tape off your region, get some ribs from your friends at Longwell's. Well, I'm thinking it's 2 o'clock on a Sunday is the Champions League Mm -hmm. final, so I'm thinking there's not going to be that many people out anyway. No, they'll all
2: be getting ready for in-person courses.
0: Yeah, unlike me. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so uh, let's get you an update with the NCAA uh, Division One Board of Governors. Friday, they granted an extra year of eligibility to fall sports athletes in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. This news coming down about 45 minutes ago. Y- you felt like the decision was going to go this way, similar to the uh, one the NCAA made for the spring sport athletes who lost part or all of their seasons due to the pandemic. The difference here is the fall sport athletes may still get their full seasons. So if you're playing football in the SEC, the ACC, or the Big 12, you got a cherry on top uh, for either the fall or winter uh, slash spring of 2021. This is a blanket waiver that could allow for true uh, free agent year in college sports. So I'm interested here. What's next for the Nebraska football team? And I'm anxious to know how many guys are going to want to hang on, fight through in hopes of winter or spring, and we'll get to what's the better call, Elijah, here in a second. We'll talk about what what season you prefer that you're stuck with. Do you want to go January 1st do you want to go after the Super Bowl? Okay but if if you're a nebraska football player and you're a senior and let's list them you got you got Farniok, you've got Hymus you've got mills all right uh that that's just on on the offensive side of the ball isn't uh and jack stole stole the tight end defensively you got stilly all right uh damian daniels is not a senior but and Deontre Thomas, not a senior, but both those guys have been here a while. They're juniors. Uh, you've got Colin Miller, Will Honus, Juco kid. you got Jojo Doman. Jojo's a senior. Deontay uh, Williams, Markel Dismute. Basically the whole secondary. And Boodle. <laughs> I mean, are you looking? And I'm not saying they are. I'm saying put yourself in their shoes. Are you saying, all right, can I go play for less Miles? Can I uh, head down and, and play at K-State? Do I go to Ames? Do I look at Oklahoma? I mean, would it surprise you <laughs> knowing that Lane Kiffin's already been on Fine Bomb this week? National radio show throwing the old fishing pole in the water. The line's out there. Hey, come on and transfer. Come on down to the SEC. We're playing ball. I mean, that's not so subtle. It's It's tampering without the direct message or, or text. I mean, if you're Kentucky, are you burning the phones up trying to get a hold of Wandale Robinson? Come on back home, son. We're playing ball here. I hate, like, speaking this because it's bad enough that you're not getting to to participate if you're a Nebraska football player or you're, you're a soccer player or volleyball's been pushed to spring, and I know John Cook likes spring for volleyball anyway, but I mean, he's crushed it every fall, everywhere. Uh, he's every time he's been on the sideline for Nebraska. But is, is that a concern? Is that a danger? And the seniors I, I would get, but even like an Omar Manning. I mean, he couldn't go to the SEC, and Nebraska did a great job of recruiting him and, and helping him. But technically now, now that he's been accepted – Does the math, math, that math course counts in the Big Ten? He got to, he got to, to to graduate Juco and come to Lincoln. Does that prohibit him from leaving? And these are all like doomsday scenarios. We've already had like the worst week, all right? Because things were, were, you know, nail in the coffin was, was a reality with Commissioner Warren, uh, with his open letter on Wednesday. It's no more wiggle room. Uh, Bill News and we'll get to this news in, in a moment with just the furlough reality for Nebraska folks that are part of the university that are amazing people that help that athletic department go, 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 and one of the finest, if not the, in, in college. I mean, there's, there's 50 plus folks that are furloughed, but from a, from a player standpoint, how much your roster gets gutted if you're Michigan? If you're Michigan State, if you're Nebraska, if you're Iowa, if you're Minnesota, it's one thing to have guys that are going to go play in the league or be top two or three-round draft picks leave and not jerk with an uncertain winter or spring season. It's another if you have like underclassmen bolt. Seniors you can kind of get. You don't want it to happen. You know what's so heart-wrenching is not only the work that was put in, to, to have a bounce back season and see what nebraska football will be this 2020 season but i mean i I don't know about you but we were both pretty excited uh, about the offensive line elijah and i were you're gonna see a really talented kind of grizzled offensive line group maybe go win some football games in the fourth quarter you gotta hope and pray that the the waiting period till january or february happens and you get what you get, and you hope everybody sticks and stays. But if I'm Deontay Williams and Diedrich Mills, and I've already jacked around with Juco and battled through that, and Mills is a very talented back, do you want to you mess with another year? You've been granted one, great. But do you want to you want to play, a, sorry to say this, a bastardized season in, in the winter where there may or may not be a bowl game? Or your only bowl games against a, a Pac-12
0: team? Let's be clear. We don't even know if there's going to be a, a season in the spring. We can, that's the plan as of now, but the plan as of three weeks ago is mm-hmm. that we were going to have a fall season. We, we don't know what to think from, that's coming from the Big Ten.
2: No, we, we, we sure don't. And the Pac-12 is, is a part of that. I'm going to go back to the, the SEC and the ACC, though. I was looking at some information a buddy sent me, and let's just look at the ACC. You've got Syracuse that's having issues. Florida State's been a mess. All right. Uh, Notre Dame has is, is got a two-week online implementation right now. Clemson just put out their test numbers. I think three or four folks out of damn near 450 people recently have been tested. And nobody on a team has tested positive. So Clemson's phenomenal. They're, they're doing a great job. But... You, you have North Carolina. They're forging forward to play football. You have Alabama, where you've got kids that it's like day one or two of, of courses down there. <laughs> in Alabama, uh, talking to a friend who teaches down there. There's like 12 people in a class, all right, because of social distancing. And eight are quarantined, six are getting tested. So there's like two people in class in a class out of 12 that's alabama so what happens with notre dame is notre dame the linchpin are they going to stick and stay with well if there's no school there's no football are they going to change their mind now that they've got a deal done with the acc and nbc's uh a big player notre dame's got so much money now that it wouldn't hurt but they have so much money that they can withstand something like this. They have a BYU print money. But if Notre Dame like says, you know, we better uh, we better not move forward with with uh, with a fall football schedule or season. Does that then make the rest of the ACC freak? And if the ACC freaks, does the SEC back off in in a week and a half or two weeks? Are we, you know buying a drink and sending a beer down to our friends in the Big 12 and over to the ACC and to the SEC because they are having no fall football either?
0: Well, I mean, let's look at it. And as, if Notre Dame were to go out, I mean, look at what happened to the Big 10 in the past two weeks where they have schools that still want to play football. A couple don't. But the the backlash that they received because they had a blanket cancellation of the season just because a couple schools say they couldn't play or didn't want to play, I don't think that the ACC or the Big 12 or the, the SEC would want to go repeat and go down that path themselves. Here's the difference.
2: And you have the the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that are your two leaders slash martyrs here, all right? Mm -mm. Pac-12 had their, their bleep together and documentation. As big of a screwball as their commissioner is, he sat on ESPN and had a detailed reasoning laid out and communicated like he's been on camera before. They laid out the why. Here's our data. This is what Stanford's saying. Here's what our friends at Oregon, Cal Berkeley. I mean, go through the list, right? I mean, there's some phenomenal facilities out on the West Coast. The Pac-12 explained themselves. The Big Ten didn't, and the Big Ten was first, Two big differences as to why there's backlash on top of the fact the footprint in the Big Ten, a lot of it is much safer than the West Coast or some of the Rust Belt. That's just the difference. That's the reasoning. Now, if Notre Dame says this is crazy, uh, we are tapping out. Then you'll get some nervous feelings. It's one thing for North Carolina to just kind of plow forward. They're also really dependent on on hoops, okay? If, if football checks out, good luck trying to get basketball started when they want to start it. That's the other side of things. And it's not just Carolina, but you've got Duke and you've got that whole Tobacco Road triangle plus Syracuse. I mean, think of the ACC. Yes, they've got Notre Dame. Yes, they're killing it with Clemson. All right. Yes, they've got the U. Yes, there's Florida State, but they they're they're huge with basketball, and I know football's the money maker, but their identity is more basketball and then Clemson for football. We'll see what happens. Uh, just really sad with uh, what had to happen with the Nebraska athletic department furloughing more than fifty, enacting salary reductions due to the. 100 million dollar budget shortfall um, you have the confirmation by bill moose 51 employees of his department of more than 330 plus you've had x number of layoffs that happened back in june so you've got 10 percent pay cuts that are happening uh, then you have furloughs and it's just a flat-out mess, and that, I'm sure, has been communicated in follow-up conversations and calls with the league office. It's one thing about safety. It's another thing about understanding that uh, not every region is the same. We'll talk to Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey, coming up on Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: And we're back. Fellas, so, we could... Listen to the radio.
3: On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's
1: awesome. Bill Bender's
2: coming up here, less than an hour. Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Vince Powers, Vince Powers Law. Coming up, we'll get his takeaway on the uh, recent uh, filing by an attorney in law group in Norfolk of Nebraska. You know, Nebraska parents and a a lawyer got together and they've sent uh, a request of uh, transparency to the Big Ten commissioner in office on the Council on Presidents and Chancellors vote that happened as to shut down the fall. What becomes of it? We welcome in Derek Peterson, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Dr. Petey, HV on Twitter. So Dr. Petey, what are you guys watching right now?
4: Um, well, I just I was talking to Elijah about this. I just turned on the Nuggets-Jazz playoff game, but good. that one's at halftime, I believe. Um, before that, I have uh, spent the last hour and a half or so just kind of trying to sort through thoughts on <clears throat> the, the blanket waiver that the NCAA mm-hmm. just granted.
2: Let's go there, because we spent quite a bit of the first segment talking about it. And sure. first first, good. I'm glad that, that student-athletes will have uh, this blanket waiver to lean on, and they'll be able to to get a to to get the year of COVID back. Good, yep. but yep. your immediate reaction and application to the Nebraska football roster. Do you yep. see things heating up, uh, or having to re-recruit most, of, not most of, but but some of your roster? If you're Nebraska, does this? hit home with the Big Red, do they have to worry about kids opting out and going somewhere else?
4: Oh, I mean, headaches on headaches on headaches, right? I mean, like, you know, it's not... I mean, the first thing that you you have to focus on, you have to focus financially on what this does moving forward because, like, Nebraska, they're at 80 scholarships right now. You can carry 85 in a season. They've got 14 players committed. So, like, let's say... And 13 of those 80 scholarship players are seniors. So let's say all 13 of those scholarship seniors decide to come back. At minimum, if Nebraska doesn't add another person to its 2021 recruiting class, which I don't think is likely, but just at minimum, you're talking about 94 scholarship players um, heading into the the fall 2021 season. And it, they'd be able to exceed the cap with those scholarship players. The, the seniors wouldn't count towards the cap, the NCAA thing, but... Um, the school would have to decide if they wanted to pay for the 13 seniors because even though the NCAA granted that extra year of of eligibility and that extra year on the clock, they didn't require schools to pay for financial aid. A school can reduce the financial aid or completely eliminate it. and So you're going to have to figure out, you know, like you you saw Wisconsin in the spring, they didn't bring spring sport athletes back. I mean, I I think just the first thing there is you're going to have to figure out like are you going to bring people back? If so, what does that do to your finances? If so, what does that do moving forward with with scholarship numbers, with recruiting, with roster management and things like that? Like Nebraska adding in walk-ons could conceivably have 160 players on its roster next year, um, which is kind of a nightmare. And then you start to also think about, <clears throat> like, like, let's shift gears to volleyball for a second. Volleyball has, has Kennedy Orr, the number one Player in the country for the class of 2021 committed. She's a setter, and the way it was lining up was that Nicklin Hames was going to have this season, her junior season, and then next season, her senior season, which would be Kennedy Orr's freshman season at Nebraska, and then Hames would have exhausted her eligibility, and Kennedy Orr would take over. Now, Hames has the the option of coming back for an additional year, and so you might see like like maybe before the plan was for um, Or to redshirt her first year on campus and then just take over for Nicklin Hames after Hames was done. But now you might have Or sitting there behind Hames for two seasons, maybe. Um, and like, you're going to get those, like this directly applies to like the quarterback position in football too. Like you're going to get those, those kind of roster decisions that coaches are going to have to make. Like, I think the transfer portal is going to get a major workout. I think, you know, we're going to see people start changing their um, like the way that they utilize the red shirt thing, the four game red shirt rule in football, and red shirts in other sports. Like, I just think, and I, and I don't even know. Like I said, I've been spending like the last hour and a half trying to think through all of these things. Like, I don't know. And there's so many questions that I think are going to pop up. This is potentially going to be a, a major logistical headache for the next. Three or four years, possibly crazy.
0: Derek, I was going to ask you about that redshirt rule and specifically how it pertains to spring football for Nebraska. Say Nebraska only has four scheduled games in the spring, then would those redshirt players be able to play all four games? Do we do we know yet?
4: Um, theoretically, yeah. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen anything, but yeah, theoretically, they would be able to. Yeah.
0: So then whenever you're looking at these other conferences, could they strategically use redshirts, I guess, if they want certain transfer players to come in from these other schools? It it is just, you're right, it's a logistical nightmare. I'm I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. I'm just kind of confused by this whole ruling. (laughs) You have a headache. (laughs) Yeah, now I have
2: a headache. What's in your your fridge? Are you red wine or or what do you get going
4: (laughs) You're right, though, Sweetie. Like, people are going to have, like, colleges. And this, this was the case, like, the minute the, the, the Big Ten announced that, hey, we're not going to play fall football. Like, now everyone's going to have to start re recruiting players on their own team. Like, you're going to have to recruit, like, for Nebraska specifically, you're going to have to talk to your guys and make sure that, like, hey, you're still good, right? Like, you still you still want to be here and, and, and all that other stuff. And that's, those are probably conversations you're going to have to continue to have moving forward. Yeah, I mean, like if if the SEC and the ACC and the Big Twelve are able to carry out a season, like if they're able to get the full ten games in um, that they're planning on, or even if they're able to get like five or six, like they have a, a, a serious leg up on the Big Ten and the Pac twelve.
2: They do, and that's that that's so frustrating. And if if they get a full season in, we're left to. January first, when you should be hopefully playing a bowl game. No, you're kicking off the season in Detroit of all freaking places. Uh, two, maybe you're you're gonna say uh, we're not gonna go head to head with the NFL in their postseason, so we'll wait and and do it after the Super Bowl. So it's a late February start through through March to April, which whatever. But it just it just didn't get a match up because then it's gonna screw you for your your 2021 fall right assuming we can all play football again because are you gonna yeah are you gonna have a shortened season in 2021 or does that mean you and i can't road trip to eskimo joes and go watch nebraska oklahoma i mean you know and i I mean that's selfish but i'm thinking of the nebraska oklahoma game in 2021 i'm thinking of the ireland showdown with Hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now, what's up? Hey now,
4: Eskimo, Eskimo Joe's in Stillwater. Well, if we're going to Norman. If we're fine. going to Norman, we're going to the Mont and I'm giving you a swirl.
5: <laughs>
2: Hold on. W- w- you said we're going where and I'm getting a what? <laughs> the
4: Mont and you're getting a swirl. Why don't we just it's go an to alcoholic, the, it's an alcoholic beverage?
2: Why don't we just go to Switzer's Cabana?
4: I mean, we could do that. We could go to O'Connell's.
2: Okay, so okay. I thought there was an Eskimo Joe's in like a second location in Norman. Did I screw that up? I just I insulted oh, that's a, that's you. A,
4: that's an Oklahoma State thing. Yeah, get out of here with that. <laughs> I mean, if there's an Eskimo Joe's in Norman, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It, we we went no to way the, it's still around.
2: We went to the Stockyards. Is that still around?
4: Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 We have The, to st- uh, the we, Stockyards. The Stockyards has a famous steakhouse that uh, yeah. most notably Nebraska's running backs coach Ryan Held visits every time he did Oklahoma recruiting.
2: See, I was, the last time I was at the Stockyards, it was 96 and Scott Frost threw for like eight touchdowns on Oklahoma. It was wonderful. They dropped <laughs> 77 on, on John Blake. <laughs> it was sweet. Uh, yeah. And you went to
4: Cattleman's and had a steak.
2: I did, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cattleman's. Yeah, we went to, we went to Cattleman's yeah. and we were not quite of age, but sooner fans obliged, and we ended up with Jack Daniels that night. It was wonderful. So, okay, we we went We took a right turn there. Uh, NBA. Uh, it is second, secondly, and last thought here when it comes to Nebraska football. Do you have a preference, January or or post Super Bowl February, for a season?
4: I don't. I don't really have a preference on. When the only thing that I care about at this point is, is minimal impact on the 2021 season and minimal impact on um, student athletes recovery period. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're um, away time from football. Like as, as, if you can get your season in and you can structure it in a way that you're not going to kill players with like 10 straight weeks of football. Um, and also like Jeff Brom's plan calls for not just an eight game season and that would begin in what January, but it also has a ten-game abbreviated fall twenty twenty one season. I don't think anybody wants that. Um, I don't know that we're going to be able to go to Ireland. I don't. That's not any reporting. I just kind of like mm-hmm. questioned if that's still a viable option. Sure. Um, but like, I don't want the twenty twenty one season impacted. I want to be able to go to Norman. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be able to kind of see that season because I thought this year's Nebraska football team was going to be fun, and I yeah. think next year's Nebraska football team just was with the roster that they have currently and the guys coming in, I think can be really fun. Um, So as long as players are are taken care of during the off season and and those guys have um, a full 2021 season, that's really all I care about at this point.
2: Last thought, uh, who scores seats. We were talking about this this week, so we've adopted the Leach and uh, Mississippi State squad. That's who we're going to check in on out of the SEC. Uh, since okay. there's no Nebraska football, we'll have the Pirate on for Pirate updates. Who knows what the hell we'll talk about. But I'm interested. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to the Texas-Oklahoma game. I've always had to watch it. Can we get down to Norman this year? I'll drive and and get in, uh, do a radio show with Switzer on Friday, and then do a pregame ahead uh, of Tech. Can we make that like our road trip game? I've got about like a minute. Do you have some ins I mean, we hey. can work on?
4: I mean, I can work on some stuff. I'm down. I, I actually asked friends, um, uh, I think it was because the Big Ten made its announcement on a Tuesday. I think by Wednesday I was asking <laughs> friends, like, hey, what is what is attendance going to be like in the Big 12? Because for the first time in three years, I'm going to be able to go back to, or potentially to go back to Dallas, to Dallas for OU Texas weekend. Because um, we always now they're not going to have the fair, but they might have the game, and I think they're still planning to play at the Cotton Bowl. With I, well, I think it's in I think it's fans. in Norman.
2: I think it's in Norman this year. I think it's home and home the next two years.
4: Did that get decided? I thought it was I thought it was still happening at the Cotton Bowl.
2: Is it? No, I I, I don't know. I'll double check. Maybe they're still having it at the Cotton Bowl, but yeah, the the, the fair's punted. So
4: yeah, right. that was that was what it what it was last I looked. But either way, like I'm down for a Norman road trip. Or some magic and get you some stuff.
2: That'd be great, man. I love going to Norman. And we, we will hit uh, Cattleman's. That'll be outstanding. Dr. Petey, enjoy your NBA. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for the time. Appreciate you, man. Thunder up. There he is, calling his thundershot.
1: And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Coming up, we'll uh, spend some time on Hunter Solace. Nice uh, report from rivals on what's going on with him. 466 3776 Let's talk about what was supposed to be a loud outcry. And, and it's been covered and the uh, message clear by parents of the Big Ten today with uh parents protesting at Big 10 headquarters Vince Powers coming up here at 5:25 get his take on the uh the lo- the letter and uh lawyering up of some Nebraska players parents and their requests from the Big 10 that's just around uh a bit after the second hour but uh, Elijah jump in here you know I I thought and I, I had in my mind when I heard this movement was going to happen and I saw the flight bookings on <laughs> on Twitter from parents from uh, Ohio State, specifically Sean Wade's dad, Randy Wade, 25 uh, parents attended this gathering. You had about 30 folks in all. You had Ohio State and Iowa and Illinois and Wisconsin parents all represented They had let them play signs. We want to play. The office of the Big Ten remained closed on Friday. Commissioner Warren and members of the conference staff, they've been working remotely during this pandemic. You've got coverage. It's a protest and objection by moms and dads towards the Big Ten. This thing I thought was going to be a little louder Maybe get a little more weight. And I I don't want to say it whimpered out. That's that's not how I feel because it was time and energy and love by the parents for their their sons and, and and the football team and other sports this fall that got hosed. But man, um, despite some of the coverage, and I know it's not a good look. Anytime you got parents protesting out your league office, uh, this thing was Pretty much neutralized by the open letter, even though the open letter didn't answer many more questions. It's prompted some uh, potential legal action by by Nebraska parents uh, here by next week. It, it really didn't deliver in, in the masses. I thought it could the, the end of this week.
0: Yeah, well, Kevin's Warren letter is exactly it. He kind of laid out those points for why they did cancel the season. Whether you like it or not, he laid out his points. And that was the main argument from these parents, is we want to know why the season was canceled. And now that you have those points, it, it was kind of the less questioning, how do we get here, and it's more just a, we want our season mm-hmm. protest. And it, it just didn't have the same power, didn't have the same sticking effect. And just the, the total number of parents there, uh, while – it was a good chunk for the amount people who probably had to road trip. It wasn't anything it wasn't, substantial. It wasn't
2: hundreds or thousands no. of people protesting. And we this has been the summer of protest, right? I mean, you've seen mass protests on different things in this country. And when it comes to playing this fall, uh thirty parents showed up. Do we have some audio? Uh sure. don't let me let me check. Okay. We'll get a little bit of audio from the the parents that protested. This is still a a bad look, Um, and it'll be interesting to see legally what happens from a Nebraska standpoint with Mike Flood and uh, his representation of several Nebraska parents. Does that go anywhere? Can it go anywhere? I mean, other than you've got a commissioner that's been destroyed uh, the last 10 days for a decision. He's been hammered for his PR. He's been ridiculed for his silence. And he is not thought of as a player in the Power Five power broker rankings. Yeah, he's new, but he's been an embarrassment. Part of that is who he represents in some of the chancellors and presidents. Not all Nebraska and Iowa. But some, and let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, I can't wait to hear from Michigan State's chancellor slash president. I want to hear from Minnesota's other than, oh, I didn't know that vote happened. Well, are you covering your backside or did you put up a fight to play? I love Barry Alvarez, man. Good dude. On with this every year. What type of fight did his president put forward? I mean, think about it. If you've got your clear standing from Ohio State, your clear standing with Nebraska, I know someone's in the car going, shut up and move on. I will next week. I'm still pissed about this week. I'm still pissed about last week. You know where Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State, and James Franklin and Penn State are at? So who put the roadblocks up? Who's medical experts? weighed in and had more weight than UNMC in Iowa. And if it comes down to testing turnaround and concern about the accuracy of the tests, give Nebraska and Iowa a call. Maybe they can help out. Get
0: you some product. So pretty frustrating. Do you see the report from, uh, I believe it was Brian West here in town, that they have a new rapid uh, test yeah, it's yeah. it's they supposedly have very low numbers of the, that kit but i mean the the tests are there uh-huh. it comes down to somebody fronting the money so that they can be produced in mass quantity uh-huh well i don't know it's, uh, it's not the technology doesn't exist and it's not they don't exist in high enough quantity for you to buy you're the big 10 conference you have enough money you can go
2: well you you're the you're the big 10 conference that leads the world in just fantastic research institutions You got four. To be in the Big Ten, you got to be pretty kick ass at being a research
0: institution, right? I mean. And one of the reasons Nebraska got into the Big Ten in the first place was because of UNMC. Thank you. Why don't you
2: rely on that right now? Well, and and Nebraska has. The Big Ten didn't enough. I mean, you have Iowa, you have Nebraska. Northwestern's going to have their doctors. Uh you're gonna have Michigan's medical facility weigh in. I don't know. Michigan State's I think good at engineering. I don't know what else. Basketball, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> What's Penn State all about? I mean, I, I don't know what their their sweet spot
0: is, honestly.
2: What what is each school's sweet spot? Rutgers, eh, don't know.
0: Rutgers is a really good business school. Are they phenomenal yeah. business school? Really good business Do you, school. So can you?
2: What about? Oh well, yeah, you have uh, Illinois piping up earlier today with the the, the, the swab testing, like the the uh, through your mouth, mm-hmm. the yeah. oral side of things, not the jam a stick eight inches inside your nose test that they always tested me for with flu and hurt.
0: Uh, uh, was that the flu with the nose it was flu? Never for me.
2: No? I don't think so. The doctor hates me anyway. So. <laughs> uh, we'll hear from Bill Bender. Bill Bill Bender's covered up on Hale Varsity. We'll get checked in with him. Some thoughts on what direction Hunter Salas could go. Salas, of course, the, uh, the five-star top ten prospect in the country. And, uh, you know, where's Nebraska? Stand with him. Vince Power's going to join us again, 525. Get his legal expertise and insight here. What's likely? What's not likely? With this potential legal action by Nebraska parents towards the Big Ten, we'll wind down our one with Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time
2: this hour. It's Hail Varsity. It's presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Bill Bender's 10 minutes away. College Football Insider with the sporting news. We'll talk some ball with him. Vince Power's on the way. And uh, thoughts from you the last half hour of the show. 466 377 825 uh, 5865 Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs proudly on our sister station here in Lincoln at KFOR. You're home for the uh, world champion Chiefs. And uh, we've been lucky enough to get caught up with Mitch Holtis uh, from time to time. Uh, here is a Chiefs training camp report. Here's uh, Mitch and what Kansas City's been working on here as the season
3: awaits. This report on the Kansas City Chiefs training camp on KFOR is brought to you by your Lincoln Area High V stores, proud sponsors of your world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs continued on this Friday with their third padded practice in as many days. Yesterday, Tyreek Hill seemed to tweak a hamstring in a one-on-one drill, and defensive end Alex Okafor had a calf injury. Both players missed practice again today. However, there were notable players who returned to the practice field this morning from the injury list, including defensive tackle Chris Jones, K-State wide receiver Byron Pringle, and wide receiver Sammy Watkins. Tomorrow, the Chiefs will have a special practice, not in full pads, but inside arrow Stadium. They're going to be watched by 2,000 selected season ticket members. It seems like a good rehearsal for the opening game on September the 10th when 22% capacity will be allowed to attend. Now 22% of Arrowhead Stadium's capacity is a roughly 16,000 fans. The effort and research to allow or disallow fans to attend Arrowhead this year has been a joint effort with the Chiefs, the City of Kansas City, University of Kansas Health System, and the Kansas City, Missouri Health Department plus the state of Missouri. But there will be strict rules in place. Masks will be required at all times for fans attending. All bags will be prohibited inside the stadium to minimize contact in the security screening process. Tailgating will be permitted, but only for ticketed guests. Ticketing pods will be set up, and the stadium will be divided into zones to eliminate crossover and minimize exposure. Many NFL cities are disallowing fans for the 2020 season due to the coronavirus pandemic. Kansas City is going to try it. And if every fan does what they're supposed to do, the percentage of fans could be allowed to increase as the season progresses. Reporting from Kansas City on your defending world champions, I'm Mitch Holtis, Voice of the Chiefs.
2: All right, good stuff from Mitch Holtis. A thought from you, Elijah, your beloved donkey's They're not allowing fans in the stands this year, are they?
0: Uh, To start, no. So I think they've only announced for Game 1 against the Titans, which is Monday Night Football. They've said no fans, but I think as the season goes on, they could uh, theoretically have fans in the stands eventually. I was checking with Pharmacist
2: Jeff, and and I think he's refunded his season tickets.
0: Yeah, I don't think Denver and Colorado being a blue state uh, not that this is 100% political, but it's kind of political. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be many fans in stands for the Broncos this year, F at all. So does that mean you've got
2: a roadie down to Arrowhead to see your donks? I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to see him this year. Or are you year. just going to fly out to to Vegas?
0: Well, I guess we'll see. I don't think that's a, that's uh, affordable right now for me to go fly to Vegas. <laughs> Maybe a nice little road trip to Vegas. And then uh, make all my money back in the casinos. You can only hope. We can only hope. I could talk to Danny Burke, see if I can just get some sports betting going. Well, I would.
2: we would need to do this. We're just making travel plans all, all fall. No Nebraska football. <laughs> we have our weekend to do stuff now, though. But we'll head down to Norman for a weekend. Let's head down to Lawrence for a weekend. Let's head out to Vegas for a weekend. Let's get down to Arrowhead. Roadshow every weekend. Why not? Bill Bender's next. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Back into it at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's say hi to Bill Bender, the sporting news, and Bill's so awesome with college football and the NFL and all things sports at Bill Bender 92. Bill, we may have a a shortage of beer and a shortage of tears in said beer here in Big Ten country, my friend, with uh, the double down by Commissioner Warren this week. How are you hanging, Bill, with, uh, with what's going on in Big Ten country?
6: Well, I think a lot of people feel pain, whether it's where you guys are at or, you know, um, as you guys know, I'm in central Ohio, um, Ann Arbor, Iowa City. It's been a long week. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to a couple things. I still think Kevin Warren at the end made the right decision. And I say that in terms of if it is best for the safety of the players, that's fine. However, I think he made it too early. You know, why not wait like the SEC did? Um, and I think the publicity. Just nightmare that's followed is a result of the lack of transparency and you're seeing that from from not just the fans, coaches, athletic directors, uh, parents of the players and the players themselves uh, have all kind of come out with this movement and it's striking when you compare it to the other conferences that aren't playing football this season
2: it is and you've got uh, you know a potential lawsuit or legal action waiting by parents uh, of some Nebraska players that letter and filing happened you have a hand hand delivered letter by Nebraska parents you're going to have uh, Big 10 parents find their way to the Big 10 offices that won't be occupied later today but bill you've you've dealt with a lot of high profile and high power folks in the world of of sports, specifically college football and you know, from that transparency standpoint and the public universities versus the private universities in the Big Ten, I mean, it's 13 to one. Are you surprised there's not been more information by the Big Ten? I know it took Warren a long time to respond. He finally had the open letter re- reiterating the, their why. But they didn't, They don't tell us, here's the map we use to get there when it comes to the, the, the Council on Presidents and Chancellors. Do you see that information eventually being out there to figure out who voted and how they voted?
6: You know, I know that's been a sticking point, And to me, it doesn't matter that much um, in terms of what the vote count was or if they did a vote. Or, you know, even if they did a vote, I think what Twitter would concentrate on is which school said no. I right. think we both know that. Um, you know, it's pretty clear that Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa wanted to play. And uh, they're not getting a chance to, and they're going to feel that. And those are the places, really, if you think about it, on Saturdays if the SEC and ACC are playing, the depression, the crying, and the beer—the whatever phrase you want to use—is um, going to be felt the most. Because, especially here in Columbus, I mean, I've said this all so along. I mean, they were the school that lost the most, mm-hmm. with all due respect to Nebraska. Uh, Ohio State had national championship contender, Heisman front runner all the pieces to go win one this year. And uh, they're not getting a chance to do that. So that's why Sean Wade's father was out at the Big Ten offices this week or Mm -hmm. today.
2: No, he is. Randy Wade is explaining that what they want, they want dialogue. The the narrative this week has been maybe more sidestepping by folks of the Big Ten with these parents. I mean, if I'm a parent and I'm taking the time to travel to just talk and want to protest this decision, I, I think I should get my five minutes.
6: They should. A parent protest with 40 to 50 parents really isn't going to make the Big Ten change their mind. And I think at the end of the day, the Big Ten took a hard line this week when they came out and doubled down and said, hey, this decision is final, period. That's hard to accept. So I understand where the parents are coming from. I mean, you and I both were Mm -hmm. parents of kids that love to play. You know, I've been able to, we've lived in a lot of uncertainty here with sports. You know, one of the things that happened this week, and I I apologize for not knowing what Nebraska is doing, Ohio made the decision to play high school football. When you have Ohio's high schools playing, and then you have the single biggest, you know, entity as far as football, including the Browns and Bengals, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Ohio State's the biggest thing we have in Ohio as far as football goes. It's the most universal thing we have anyway. And, and with them not playing, it's a big deal. I mean, the only FBS program in Ohio right now that is playing is Cincinnati. And that's something that's just going to strike everybody as weird if the season goes on.
2: Your take on January, the Ryan Day plan. Uh, interested in your thought on on this January setup. Some football is better than no football, but I'm not real jacked about January. January 1st is me watching the Orange Bowl, Bill, not starting the season.
6: That I like some of the spring alternatives for the group of five and D three. I think for the FBS, so you have to keep in mind. And, and this target number of games is really what I'm telling people mm-hmm. is: once that number hits 20 in a calendar year, you're really playing with fire there. If you're dealing with student athletes and you're telling them to do two seasons in one year, um, I get the football a year-round gig, but I think that off-season is so important for strength training development, all those things that are part of the. Bill, we lost you, so, bud. Oh, sorry. Well, there's this sentiment that it can be done. Can it really, Chris? Like, I you can't I struggle you can't stick
2: you can't stick with health and safety as your main argument for stopping the season and say go play more than Cincinnati or, or Cleveland.
6: <laughs> you just can't right. do it. And I think so. Like a five or six game spring schedule, that you can maybe get away with that. But if you're a senior, or it does account toward eligibility. You know, mm-hmm. what, what is it a freebie? What is it? And I think all of those things. Or at work, And I think any spring plan has to come with the idea that um, you're going to play a full season in 2021. I would focus more on that than anything else if I'm the comments, yeah. is that What is the foolproof plan for a 2020-2021 season that we start to recover and get everything back? And um, that's where I think the focus should be.
2: Well, and to be honest with you, I mean, if I look at 2021 and I want football and I want small businesses to be able to make it and survive financially, uh, and I just don't know how that's going to happen. The 2021 season, Nebraska is supposed to kick things off in Ireland. And I want to see that happen. But I for sure want to see Nebraska down in Norman on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. I want to be down there covering that doing pregame shows i mean nebraska oklahoma we've missed that here i want to make sure Sure. that is something that stays intact bill how steady or how teetering is the acc in your opinion right now with with the outbreaks that are going on around their campuses and also you factor in notre dame with the distance learning versus the on-campus learning
6: Well, you know, you're asking college students to behave. That's a tough one. Um, (laughs) I mean, we can all, like, like I've I've said all along, Chris, like, I was in college, too. And, you know, if you're asking 18- to 22-year-olds that aren't playing football to make the right decisions, you might be asking too much. And I said I made plenty of mistakes at that age. I was very irresponsible at times in college, too. But it's hard. It's going to be hard. And and that's that double-edged catch-22, whatever phrase you want to use is on one end yes it it might be a little safer for student athletes to be on campus without the actual students there but then what are you saying about those student athletes that what are you really using them for and we all know the answer it's money so um it's it's a tough one and I, i struggle with that but i just know i remember being on a college campus in september for four years and Once you got down there, it was, you know, to use a very dated reference from Wayne's World, it was definitely party on. And and Mm -hmm. you're telling college students not to have parties. Good luck with that.
2: You know, one thing that we've been bouncing around is not only adopting a team in Mississippi States who we're going to be checking in on with the Pirate, and, and, you know, Iowa State's interesting with Coach Campbell and a lot of trips to Ames over the years that went Nebraska's way, but Campbell's uh, a, a fun guy and his program is is pretty entertaining the mad hatter's down in Lawrence. so there's you know games that are two hours away that that will be being played we hope here in in less than a month so that's something but you know texas oklahoma even though it's not at the state fairs the one game i've got circled i may try and make it down there for that Uh, i know that's october what's what's a game that you want to go to or a location you've not been to uh, you get a chance to cover about wherever you want to go, but what, what's one on that bucket list for you?
6: I haven't been to Oregon. they okay. not playing this year, but one now a place that's playing this year that I haven't been to. I mean, I haven't. I've covered Oklahoma, Texas. I've not covered Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Okay, and I'm always a fan of those in-state rivalries that uh, you know that are huge. Now you mentioned Nebraska, Oklahoma. That was a game that. Uh, You know, I'd love to cover, too. I'm not old enough. I I think they played a couple there, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't in college football yet. So, all of those things are are, are good games. Now, I want to hit on this real quick. I did a piece last week kind of matching Big Ten fans with the SEC school that they should root for. (laughs) And I loosely suggested Missouri and Nebraska fans... Hammered me, and I'm thinking. Well, explain this to me, Chris. You guys owned them forever. You were in the same conference. I mean, who would? What SEC school should Nebraska fans root for? I think the easy answer is LSU with Polini.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you got half of Nebraska's either former staff or you know, because you got uh, Corey Raymonds down there. He's the secondary coach. You've got Bill Bush, who was part of Callahan's staff, and a native Nebraskan. Uh, Down there, and then you got Pellini running the defense. You have three Huskers, and you have Mickey Joseph down there. I mean, Mickey was—he's the receivers coach, and Mickey, um, Mickey's uh, was a former quarterback at Nebraska. So, Nebraska and LSU, I think, is the match. Nebraska just hates Missouri, and (laughs) Nebraska really hates how they've been treated by Missouri. The urban legend is this, where. There used to be a, a group called the Antlers, uh, more of a rowdy group at, at uh, Missouri, mm-hmm. And there was uh, perhaps an abduction of the blow-up doll Little Red, you know, one of the little mascots, where uh, one one minute Little Red's on the sideline, the next he's not, and he's up in the student section and may have been shivved. I mean, the, the Nebraska fans have been horribly treated <laughs> over the years, all the trips they've made down to Furrow Field. And despite maybe winning by an average of thirty five right. points, it's not been, been, been treated well.
6: <laughs> I mean So let me let me give you a full confessional from our end then. Uh <laughs> I you know, Sporting News obviously based in Saint Louis uh-huh. uh, before before I started working there, but when they started in Charlotte a lot of the guys that have worked at Sporting News through the years are Mizzou grads. Oh, in fact sure. two of my better friends there are definitely mizzou grads and there was one former nfl editor and one night we were out having some beers and we bring up the uh the kick game with with frost right and he's retelling it watching it in the newsroom and he almost started crying (laughs) i mean it's like because they wanted to beat nebraska so bad when they were at missouri it was like and i but my point was well at least you got a former big eight you guys can even if you can't agree on anything, you can sit around and watch a game and and talk about the big eight or the big 12 and and go from there. But no, I also said Ohio state was a good match with LSU, obviously with the Joe Mm Burrow connection. Sure. And, um, they, I know, just from being around here, Ohio State. If they have to choose between, between LSU and Alabama, they're going to pick rooting against Alabama. Yeah,
2: I think so. I think you're right with that. And now, uh Missouri, they they, you know, and, and Nebraska like crushed them for a long time. Like during uh, the Osborne era, there was uh, right as as soon as Coach got the job, Missouri had some really good teams, and Missouri broke a lot of hearts where. You know, Coach Devine was was rolling before he went to Notre Dame. And um, so it, it's always been back and forth. And I think what ticks off Missouri people is M- Nebraska would go get who they wanted forever from the state of Missouri. Grant Wistrom, Mike Rucker, Steve Warren. Um, Mm-hmm. same with Iowa fans. a bunch yeah I mean they they'd go get whoever they wanted in the state of Missouri and then Pinkel got down there man and Pinkel shut the border down they got really good they annihilated Nebraska quite a few times if you think back to some of the the uh, the mid 2000 years and I mean, it, it finally stopped in a rainy night on a Thursday with and Sue. but uh, no, Missouri's really, I mean, they, they were really, really good. But yeah, Nebraska owned them for a long time, and I don't blame Missouri fan, not only rating your state for your top players, but also getting 40 put up on you regularly every every fall. There's, there's not a lot of love at all for, for yeah. Nebraska with Missouri fan, and I don't blame them.
6: Yeah, and, and yeah, I got it. I got handed to me on Twitter a little bit, so I gotta left I think well I'm gonna blame it's all, all those Mizzou grads I worked with when Do I ran it. it by and they're like, Oh it's fine and they probably were doing that wink wink nod nod wait to see what his Twitter feed looks like after that. But um it was a fun exercise. Like I, for example we put Michigan matched up with Tennessee, oh, sure. I don't think two schools. Uh-huh. fit a dating profile more than those two. Uh, you're um, right. You know, Wisconsin and Georgia. Uh-huh. But that's the thing. I mean, all of us in Big Ten country, if, if it isn't going to happen, um, you are going to have to watch some school. We're going to have to be uncomfortable. I still think it'll be watched, but I think, you know, this notion that it, it's just going to hurt. And, uh-huh. and I don't, and I think that's going to be the hardest part, is it's going to hurt watching a college football Saturday not seeing Script Ohio, not seeing you know Michigan touch the banner, not seeing a, the Sea of Red and all those mm. kind of things. And that's, that's what's kind of eating at me of late anyway.
2: Bill, we'll, uh, we'll uh, virtually uh, put our arms around each other and, and, yeah. and, and fight through uh, a football season uh, absent in the Big Ten. We'll, we'll get caught up again and hit some NFL. Thanks for a few minutes today. It was always fun to get
6: caught up. Hey, no problem, Chris. Appreciate you.
2: Bill Bender, Sporting News, good thoughts there. And some Missouri guys he worked uh, works with said, hey, pair Nebraska up with Missouri. And Nebraska fans hate Missouri
0: and Missouri fans hate Nebraska. Did, did you have any horror stories from going down there? And I've you, never been to Columbia. I, I've heard some horror stories from their fans down yeah, there.
2: No, I've, I've got plenty.
0: Almost uh, like it's of, a little
2: bolder. Right. You, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it, except that uh, it's pretty good. Uh wanna remind you about your friends at West Blue Realty, West You move it in twenty twenty. Hey, uh, give your friends at West Blue Realty a ring. When you mention Hale Varsity, you can get up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hoffschneider. Kelly can help you as well. 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in Lincoln. Vince Powers up next. Some legal analysis here on this filing by Nebraska Parents.
1: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy.
2: Okay, we're going to switch it up here in about 15 minutes. And a pretty good topic going on Twitter about the hardest scene you've ever laughed at in a movie. Dan tweets in and says, "You know what? My uh, relatives are from around Columbia. Always treated the Missouri game like a family reunion, either a home or away. I've got a thousand stories about those worthless bleeps over there in Methland."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going. That one took a turn. I was expecting him to, like go against us and say, "No, it's like, actually not a bad place to no, be." No, he, <laughs> he calls he calls Columbia Methland. <laughs>
2: Oh, no easy transition. Let's welcome in a fantastic legal mind. We say hi to Vince Powers, Vince Powers Law, at Vince Powers on Twitter. Vince, back-to-back Fridays, man. How you doing?
7: Uh, Doing well. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate
2: it. Well, appreciate you. And I wanted to get your thoughts here. You have Nebraska parents asking the Big Ten for the vote results when it comes to the uh, the chancellors and presidents vote here uh, on uh, deciding to cancel the fall season. They want the the minutes. There's a a, a through a, a suit that's threatened and Vince uh, lay out what what's going on here. You've got a group of Nebraska parents and you have an attorney Mike Flood that has uh, sent a formal letter. Uh, for, what's your reaction to this, first of all, as as a lawyer?
7: Well, my first reaction is, we can make fun of Columbia, but those folks are going to be watching football in the, uh, <laughs> in the SEC <laughs> no, now. <Vince>. So, <laughs> jokes on us.
2: Touche. Touche, Vince. So,
7: <laughs> you know, uh, Mike, Mike's a good lawyer. He's with a very good firm up in Norfolk. Uh, so he would have, you know, looked into this before he did what, is very important which is he said if this doesn't happen i'll file a lawsuit mm-hmm. so he must feel he has grounds. and i think what he's referring to and it, we have what's called open records laws in nebraska or freedom of information yeah. acts as a lot of people refer to him as and the question is uh i can send a letter you can send a letter anybody can send a letter to uh, a government office city of lincoln i'd like Every email that uh, involved ABC. The question is whether or not the Big Ten is covered by any of the open records uh, laws in the various states. In Oklahoma, they would be. In Nebraska, it's kind of an open question, and and the reason they might be because they're a, what we call a 501c3 corporation, right. Which means they're a non. They don't have to pay taxes. So the argument is we, the taxpayers, are supporting you because if you had to pay taxes on your extraordinary amount of money you bring in from television alone, uh, you wouldn't make as much money. So we, the public, are supporting you. Therefore, you should be open to to have these uh, this information given out. And so I think what they want to see because is, was there a meeting? Was there a vote? What was said? And, and what I... Picking up on last week, what I, what I like that they're asking for is, what is the medical evidence upon which you based your decision? And uh, my expectation is that the Big Ten will ignore this letter and that you know, they'll file a lawsuit seeking to get that uh, information. The, the thing what, why these laws have to apply is because the parents aren't students. The parents have no what we call standing to sue. Uh, you know, the, I'm a witness to a bad car wreck. I don't get to file a lawsuit. The driver, ha- you know, someone a passenger who's directly affected, or uh, if you want to make a claim, as the student athletes can make a claim that they have a some kind of contractual relationship with the ne- University of Nebraska that carries over to the Big Ten. They can make a claim, but not the parents. But under open records, anybody can write that letter, and anybody can can get that information. So. I, I would expect we'll, we'll see a lawsuit. I, I doubt if the Big Ten is going to pay any attention to them.
2: Vince Powers is with us. Vince Powers, Law Hale, Varsity Radio. We're talking about uh, the letter the Big Ten office and Commissioner Warren has received from Nebraska football parents and their attorney, Mike Flood. And uh, they uh, say that our student-athletes deserve some answers. So if if the... Big 10 ignores this. The next action is the lawsuit. You just talked about standing Vince. Does that mean the student athletes have to get involved and sue? Not, or?
7: Not, if, not if you're looking for just records. Okay. To, to, again, let's say somebody wants to know where was the governor of Nebraska last Tuesday. You can send in an open records request asking for his calendar. Um, and, and any public official. So here, they just have to, they've written the letter, they've asked for it, and uh, they didn't follow like the open records law of Nebraska, which requires a five day answer. There's all sorts, sorts of certain requirements, but I think what they want to do is put some pressure on the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And I don't know their true objective here, but looking at it is we want to. We want you to have to come forward and tell us what's up. And the filing of that lawsuit uh is just a way of putting, you know, pressure on the Big Ten. The the lawsuit no one's talked about and I'm kinda wait wondering about is as you know, Chris, the NCAA now allows players to uh market themselves on what is it, likeness? Name image, image and, and likeness and whatnot. Yeah. Sure. So Let's say Chris Schmidt was, uh, an, you know, going to be a starter at Nebraska. You might have been able to make fifteen to thirty thousand dollars. I'm just throwing that number out.
2: Or that you know, name.
7: Lost.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, right. interrupted.
7: <laughs> but they are there are people that are suffering an economic loss, and I'm not talking about the uh, forty or fifty people at the athletic department that got furloughed today for four months, which very unfortunate, but the student-athletes who have a very limited window, because I I would assume almost all persons at Nebraska who play uh, college football and especially volleyball are not going to go on and profit, or not profit, but make money from their skills in a professional league. So there's a very limited window on when these student-athletes can can promote themselves Mm -hmm. with with their likeness. And, and you know, someone, they're, they're players that are very well known throughout the uh, Big Ten area that aren't going to be able to, to, to do that. And I, they would seem to have a, a more serious claim, not like we talked about last week with that, you know, that, that kind of nonsense about liability, which, sure. as you noticed, nobody's talking about it this week because okay. it, it was just kind of made up. And by the way, I did look a little into the lawyer that they were. Supposedly, quote that they quoted, who worked for the NCAA. So yeah, of course he was saying that. But, but I think if we get if we look at it, the, the parents are applying pressure, and they're doing it in a in a little different way than the parents that that wanted to meet with the Big Ten commissioner and whatnot and give the letter. These parents are going to file a lawsuit. They're going to say. Uh, these are records to which we're entitled you're benefiting from our tax do- from for not having to pay tax dollars and the request why it's, why it's uh, very very clever on, on uh, Senator Flood or soon to be Senator Flood again because um, he's running for the unicameral and he's running on a pose because he's very popular in, in his district and he's a former speaker of the legislature it really applies pressure because what they're saying is just turn over the records. In other words, Big Ten, are you going to go hire a law firm in Nebraska to defend this case and spend all this money when they're not asking for money damages? They're just simply saying, give us the records." And so I think it applies uh, pressure, and, and I think it's uh, to be applauded that these parents are willing to put their names out there. And it's nice that they're doing it on behalf of their, their kids, you know, their young children, their uh, young adults. Excuse yeah. me.
2: No, that's fine. Vince Powers with us. Uh, Vince Powers, law at Vince Powers on Twitter. Got about two and a half minutes left here. Elijah wants to jump in. Vince, with a real quick question.
0: Yeah, Vince, I'm just wondering if this court or this case does make it to court, A, what are the odds you think that even happens? And B, do you think Nebraska parents here have a good case or what do they have to prove in a court of law to get these records?
7: Well, the, the only thing they have to prove is that the law, that the open record laws apply. Gotcha. That's all they have to do, that, w- that the Big Ten, which is a 501c3, I believe, that it uh, has these records. Now, the e- one, one avenue that's, that, that doesn't require a lawsuit is, and they may have done this, is you can send a letter. You, Chris Schmidt, could send a letter, or anyone listening can send a letter to the University of Nebraska pursuant to the open records law saying, in five business days, turn over all correspondence, all emails that you've received from the Big Ten and any other university that's a member of the Big Ten that touches upon playing fall sports. Mm -hmm. The university would have to give you all that. But I don't think that's what they're really doing. I mean, I think what they want to do is call out the Big Ten, because I think they continue to have this hope that maybe we can play football again, and that I'll leave to other people whether or not you can still do that. But the University of Nebraska clearly has to produce records. I I send them open records all the time. I send them the as as, as part of my law practice, and they turn them over. And so, uh, but I think they 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 don't want the University of Nebraska to be embarrassed because the University of Nebraska is on their side. They want the Big Ten commissioner. To have to say, and the Big Ten lawyers have to say, we'd rather spend a lot of money keeping this all secret than turning over what is a very reasonable request, at least in my opinion.
2: That would speak volumes if they battle this and spend money and energy and time and university counsel uh, to, to defend this, and it'd be interesting to see if different schools or what schools oppose this if there is opposition. So,
7: yeah, the, And the schools can't oppose it. I mean, it's directly directed to the Big Ten, gotcha, which is an gotcha. alliance of schools. And I think they're all... I, the pressure point is you've come out with this open letter. You've now said you relied on it. It's an open letter that, that had a lot of words but had no names. It didn't say we relied on... Uh, Dr. Jones who said A, B, C, D, based upon the Johns Hopkins study mm-hmm. of July 28th.
2: Gotcha. And absolutely.
7: now they're saying, we want to see it.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. And so
7: if, if they fight it, it means they don't have it. Wow. It's pretty simple. It's,
2: That's fascinating. It's, it's,
7: it's, Vince. So we, I applaud uh, uh, Mike Flood, who's a good person, good lawyer, and I think these parents... Uh, are taking, you know, what's good about these Nebraska parents are they're not just spinning their wheels. They're saying to themselves, what can we do to apply maximum pressure? And they're doing it.
2: Vince, pleasure to spend another Friday with you, sir. You have a good weekend, and thanks for the time today.
7: Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
1: Chime in, 402. 466-ESPN or email the show chris at halevarsity.com Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Okay, this is a
2: pretty good topic. Kyle Brandt, part of the uh, Jim Rome Show formerly and he's uh, part of Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. This is uh, a fun Friday topic. We'll start doing this here as we crank up with... <laughs> No Friday forecast <laughs> in the forecast for college football. We'll do some NFL forecasting for sure here this fall. Well, we, we could still do some Friday forecast We'll, we'll do that. We'll do that. we got to get burn on board. Got to get Danny Burke in. Got to get the Big 12, the
0: SEC, and the ACC on yes. board. Well,
2: don't kid <laughs> yourself. In two weeks, they're going to be shut down. Hot take, bold prediction. Made by thousands. But I'm getting in line with
0: that. You're just no fun right now. That's a thing. Have no. some hope. Uh, dude. Come on. <laughs> hope is gone like my bottle of vodka. 2020 has taken all
2: hope. It is. Vince Powers is phenomenal. Check that podcast out. He was incredible. The way he laid out the uh, the football parents' lawsuit potential and the letter to the Big Ten office from Attorney Mike Flood. And uh, Vince Powers, our go-to. We love Vince. Vince, a uh, proud supporter of the show. We appreciate him for years and appreciate his insight. So ESPNLincoln.com, you'll find Vince Powers posted. You'll get that up on Twitter, at ESPN Lincoln, as well as Bill Bender. And then Derek Peterson earlier today on a Friday weekend tomorrow. Uh, weekend edition gets going at 7 tomorrow morning. Myself, Mark Krainak, are you sleeping one off tomorrow morning, or are you uh, you, uh,
0: you in? I believe Damon's in. I should probably check with him and make sure. Uh, but I got high school football here tonight, so good getting my hours Mo- doing that.
2: Mo- Motsi is uh, got North Star and Hastings tonight, and that'll uh, pregame here in less a uh, little about an hour hour and five minutes for the uh, the pregame. So back to the the movie question. Okay, what's the hardest movie theater laugh of your lifetime? What was it? And Kyle Brandt says it was something about Mary, nineteen ninety eight. When you had the zipper scene,
0: oh, that's a good one. I mean, the Pork zipper and beans. scene, yeah,
2: yeah, the zipper scene's pretty good. Yes. And and Warren just makes me smile, especially how
0: he'll throat punch you if you touch his earmuffs. Okay, the uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, the the hair gel scene though in that movie is also hilarious.
2: That's pretty good, but the the scream that Ben Stiller let out with the zip. And, I mean, it's just a creepy look where he's smiling. He's got, you know, teeth full, you know, mouth full of metal. And and it looks really wrong. It looks really, really wrong. And he's just thinking about a good prom night. And, you know, mom and uh, Cameron Diaz get the wrong impression. So, if I got to go movie, theater, laugh, I think I went with my... uh, I went with some buddies in in high school to Happy Gilmore. Saw Happy Gilmore in the theater, and Happy Gilmore was freaking hilarious. It still is. It's it's hilarious. But just I mean, there's there's a hundred uh, seats, but I I lost it with the the Bob Barker. Happy Gilmore fight scene. That was too good. And there's subtle little little one-liners. Again, Ben Stiller, a theme. Well, you can have a warm glass of shut the hell up. Arts and crafts time has now been extended to four hours today. Is pretty good. The scene that I will cry laughing at and I didn't see Anchorman two in the movie theater. But the dinner scene. Oh, where they're eating bats? No, the, no. No, 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 no. The dinner scene in Anchorman 2, where he goes to meet his girlfriend's family. And they're not they're they're Yeah. <laughs> and they're an African American family. And and Ron Burgundy is trying to go street. And he's pissing the dad off and the mama off and the brothers and sisters. (laughs) And he utters the term pipe hitting bitches (laughs) and
0: mashed potatoes. I was going to say the scene from, uh, from Anchorman 1. You know I'm talking. I seen Anchorman one where they all, uh, was they smoked crack live on the yeah on the set. I Did not know that it's illegal. They're getting arrested. <laughs> yeah, that one had me crying too. That was too.
2: Pretty good. Who do we have on the horn? I'll Jeff. 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 Welcome into Hail Varsity, sir. Thanks for calling. Hello. Did we break the phone? Jeff, do we got you?
5: Yes. Hello. Hey, go ahead. Good to get through. Go ahead, bud. uh, well, I'm 53, so I go back a ways. Uh, Clint Eastwood, when he was had his movies with the orangutan. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Any which his, way. his mother would uh, would uh, take that pump, a shotgun, and, and shot up all the uh, motorcycle gang that came into her yard. And, and some of the sayings that she would say. About her Oreo cookies and so forth.
2: Yes, no, I no, Jeff, you're you're right on. That's hilarious. The orangutan in that movie was priceless, and the the mother was was incredible. Philo was was kind of good too.
5: Yeah. Hey, can I can I just say a couple of uh, couple things about the the football that that you've been talking about today? Sure. Um, I I, I really. Hate what happened with the Big Ten. I think our commissioner dropped the ball in terms of his delivery. Um, I guess we're going to have to see if, if in the end, he, he is right. I would like more transparency uh, for it. Um, I think that that we all. Um, deserve more uh, answers than what he gave. I really don't like how the national media treated uh, Scott Frost mm-hmm. uh, for his comments, yet Lane Kiffin can say about anything he wants, and that's okay. I mean, he, he's, he's for pro players, he's pro this. He, Lane Kiffin's a waffler. But here in Nebraska, do we have, I mean, we're not, don't, it seems like we're not going to have Husker football. So, I you know I personally I would love to go and see uh, a Texas Tech game. Uh, I still um, am pissed at them for what they did to us when they ran up the score when I think Callahan was here. Um, so oh, I would lo- ca- I, I would.
2: Let's let's be straight. And Jeff, I'm going to jump in and, and thank you so much. We're up against a break, but appreciate you much. A Tech game would be great, but in hindsight. Leach was running up the score on Steve Peterson. Okay? That's what Leach was doing. He was he was just dropping the hammer on Steve Peterson and the idiocy he brought to the athletic department.
0: Period. That, that game's actually one of my first Husker memories. I remember watching that game over at my aunt's house. and oh, uh, It was on TBS, and we ran out of beer. See, that's why we are at my aunt's house, because she had TBS and we didn't at the time. Okay. And uh, that, that game was painful back in my memory. One of the earlier games I remember.
2: This morphed into, yeah. <laughs> it was 70-10, to 10 and Leach kept throwing. That <laughs> was good. We oh talked God, about I don't that. I think it was that good. <laughs> oh, it, at that point, I mean, you felt for the players, yeah, absolutely. But Steve Peterson's, anywho. Uh, we'll wind down to Friday. Miss us?
5: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing.
1: We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. A
2: few more entries. Uh, Brett chimes in. He is in love with Scent of a Woman. That movie with Al Pacino, he won his Oscar for Chris O'Donnell. A bunch of prep school pukes, but uh, Chris O'Donnell's character is pretty good. But uh, Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade, that movie's incredible. Uh, and there's a scene towards the end of it before a, a giant speech given by Pacino's character where three of the accomplices that are kind of hiding behind their wealth, get called out by Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade, where he names the three kids in front of a, a assembly hall full of eighth grade through seniors. Just think of, think of the people, future Big Ten students, <laughs> pulling you out of that conversation, Nebraska and Iowa. But just really uppity blazer and tie crew and if you went to a prep school awesome great great education i'm sure you had fun or at least you're in a good spot because of it so not everyone's painted this way but there's some smarmy jokers that i'm sure you either know or maybe you were one anywho but you have this this f-bomb you know an fu by pacino in this rageful voice that's hilarious it, it, that's 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 Brett's input. That's the funniest moment he's seen in a movie theater where he just lost it in the theater. Goes back to a Twitter question that's out there by Kyle Brandt from the NFL Network. What's the hardest you ever laughed in a movie theater? Anchorman Two, the the dinner table scene for me is there. The uh, Nutty Professor, another dinner table scene mm. with with Eddie Murphy playing all the the characters and they're just they're just breaking wind just ripping off fart after fart and it's yet the hercules hercules the clapping you know or or the grandma trying to fight the dad saying come on with it cletus (laughs) come on cletus they're ringing a bell with you or no no no, you, I, get, you ever saw any of the uh, the Nutty Professor one or two, with Eddie I, Murphy? I think I did, but oh, dude, not I my memory, I like had tears coming, and then like Dumb and Dumber's. Awesome. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I,
0: too young to have seen it in a theater, but
2: I mean, especially when they're like sword fighting, and he just gets cracked behind his legs. Time out!
0: How about the scene, the bathroom scene where he takes oh, laxatives completely. <laughs> Poor oh. Harry. I'm thinking of one I I don't think I saw this one in the theater either, but it was Death at a Funeral. Never saw it. Oh, that's a good one where it's uh these guys uh they go to their dad's funeral and they find at the funeral there's this little midget at the funeral who was their dad's <laughs> lover. <laughs> who he had hid all his life and he wants these reparations because he's had all these photos of him and his dad in compromising positions and he wants money and they end up killing the dude. <laughs> That's great. I highly recommend that movie. Because that one's got, I think it's got Eddie Murphy in it, too. And just uh, that, that's w- one of the funnier movies I've seen in the past 10 years is Death at a Funeral. I might have to check that out. There's, like, some, some funny
2: stuff. And I know it's, it's a drama, but it's also, like, a dark comedy. There's some funny stuff in American Beauty. Haven't seen it. Really? Mm-mm. All right. Back at you tomorrow, weekend edition at 7 a.m. Have a good weekend with Hale Varsity. See ya.